Welcome to the Cotton Club crew. This is episode 31. We are back after about a week off, and we were trying to get back on our regular recording schedule. Life sometimes gets in the ways, but going forward, we're going to be trying to stick with it. We got a packed episode. So today, as a result of that, we're going to be focusing on the start of Big 12 play and Houston. Uh, We won't talk about the BYU game in this episode. We actually have a special guest joining our show this week to discuss the Cougars and their start um, to Big 12 play. So we're going to we're just going to cut this one off talking about Houston. But first, we have to talk about the start of Big 12 play. Texas Tech is 3-0 in conference plays with victories over Texas and Austin, Oklahoma State at home and Kansas State at home. Now, we're not going to dive too into detail on the first two games, that being Texas and Oklahoma State. Since they're a bit more dated, we'll focus a lot more of the analysis in the Kansas State game. But what's real quick, Joe, let's talk about, uh, before we dive in more, maybe a bit more in detail, let's, let's high level this for everybody and talk just about what what it means to have started 3-0 and considering the slate coming up, which is frankly very, very tough. I mean, every night in this conference is a war, but Tech has maybe one of the more brutal stretches of their season coming up in the, after um, uh, we hit Houston. So, Joe, wh- just high level, what were, what's your impression of this team and what it meant to start 3-0? and This is a pure testament to this coaching staff and what they've been able to implement within, within this team in the short amount of time that they've actually been fully together. And Coach McCaslin, as everybody knows, just wins everywhere he goes. And this this squad is no different. They have grit. They're resilient. They don't back down. They weather the storm. They play fundamentally sound. Their turnovers are down, which we'll get into because there's a really – cool stat that I have about that, about the turnovers this far in league play. And it's just, like I said, it's a testament to this coaching staff, Coach McCaslin, the group of guys he has around him, and then this team just buying in, given the circumstances of, we won't probably touch on it because I don't think we need to, but just the kind of the cloud hanging over Pop Isaac's head going into conference play, and then the the fight, the the resiliency that he he showed you know, to kind of just push all of that stuff aside and, you know, compete, play basketball, do what he does best, you know, and the team just surrounding him and showing him love and everything as far as that they've kind of really, since that news came out, I mean, this team has collectively just bonded more. And I don't know if it's because of that situation or I don't know if it's because of the winning Irregardless, it's the the team has has shown a lot of poise and a lot of maturity moving forward through this gauntlet of a Big Twelve stretch, which is only going to get tougher, starting with the the Cougars tomorrow in Houston. Starting three and zero is big for any number of reasons, but I think considering the expectations of this year. Which let's be let's be frank here. This this looked like a rebuilding year before you know you suffered massively impactful injury, um, and you're trying to just make the tournament. Felt like like all you were trying to do was just find a way to get backdoored into the tournament, um, and especially considering you lost your best non-conference opportunities. You know the Michigan win means nothing. The Vanderbilt win means nothing. Those games against Butler and Villanova matter, and you dropped them. So like it. it it was not looking like this team was going to be able to handle this slate. 
Um, and that, that that was my impression as we approached the end of our conference play. And they've certainly found another level. And I think that's the biggest high-level view is that they're, they found a toughness that was lacking to start the year. Uh, I, I think you would have lost, and we'll talk about it more in detail, but you lose the Kansas State game if that's played, you know, four weeks ago. You, you probably don't beat Texas in a convincing manner. You, when Oklahoma State, I, I mean, you, the start of the Oklahoma State game um, is kind of an interesting one because it wasn't like Tech ends up basically just crushing them, but it wasn't that way to start. I think that's a game that that gets close down the stretch if it's played early in the year when Oklahoma State just didn't fall down and collapse early on in that game um and that's that toughness is what has allowed this start which has changed the expectation now because now it feels like maybe you you you, maybe you can't win this conference maybe i it's too early to tell houston is your first test against you know the, the conference competitors for the championship um and we'll find out a lot about this team in that game but like you're you're not out you're not like the bottom half of this league you're certainly in the conversation for the top six seven teams which will all make the ncaa tournament without a doubt which didn't feel like a guarantee you know like i said it it didn't feel good for this team heading into big 12 play and they've just found another level another another toughness gear to hit um, and win games that i think otherwise they would not have earlier in the year which like you said testament to the staff testament to the guys in the locker room for rallying um look you know the pop isaac situation it's a tricky one to handle, and rumors and innuendo of it all aside, both the legal system and Texas Tech's Title IX has to play out. We will see what happens there. I'm not going to speculate for you guys what, what did or didn't happen. All I'm going to say is it is clearly a challenge to overcome regardless of uh, uh, of what plays out through both legal and, and administrative channels. So it to see the team kind of take a step forward despite that and play better basketball really is on the shoulders of Grant McCaslin. Um, and you're seeing, I think, a bit more of his vision, and I think you're seeing his rotations come together. I think I saw somewhere that Tech's starting five is like one of the top ten most effective rotations in the country. You know, the, the, it's all coming together at the right time, and that starts with just this new toughness that these guys are playing with. Um, now, let's dive a little bit more into detail here. Now, you beat Texas Oklahoma State. Um, we'll start with these two games. We'll kind of lump them together before we really break down Kansas State, which is our most recent win, I think the most relevant. But you looked at these two, Joe. You went on the road to play your toughest rival, potentially for the last time on the road in Austin. You likely will not face Texas in basketball for a while, if ever. Um, I, I just don't see that getting scheduled. I think baseball is the sport you might see the horns again, but that's another discussion for another day. And then you turn around defended home court against Oklahoma State winning convincing fashion. Joe, you watch these two games. What was the biggest thing that allowed Texas Tech to start strong in these games and get both a massive road win? Like Texas's hype not being real aside, beating them on the road means something. And then to turn around and play a, a get it back up for a lower tier competition against Oklahoma state is one of the worst teams of conference. Um, what did, what did you see in these two games that you liked the most? What I saw, what I watched um, in both games, I watched the Texas game on TV and then I, it was in attendance for the Oklahoma state game. Um, it was weathering the storm. Um, there's two different parts of the game um, against Texas where Texas started shooting the ball, got the lead, kind of thought momentum was starting to shift and play into their favor. Crowd was kind of getting into it, even though it was probably like a 60-40 split there in Austin. 
but you made the plays you needed to. You got the buckets you needed to. You didn't turn the ball over. You moved the ball great, and you found the you found the shot, and you weathered the storm. And that happened in the first half. That happened in the second half, where you know things started to look like they were going in the Longhorns' favor, and you just you just you weathered it. You 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 bend don't break kind of deal. You had a little bit of flex to your defense. They were making some shots. And with all due respect, I mean, keeping Asmus, you know, in check, even though he had, I think it was like plus 16 in the game, it, you know, to he, keep him in check in, you know, those later minutes of the game, that's just a testament to this defense and how they're starting to fill their rotations and, you know, cover the guy, the, the dog mentality in some of these guys, especially Joe Toussaint, which we could touch on later. And then also the Oklahoma, then moving on to the Oklahoma state game, you start off slow and then you're in a back and forth with them and they're keeping up. And then they're seemingly about to just run you out of your own court. You hold serve, you weather the storm and then you start clawing back. And then all of a sudden you're taking them out to the back of the woodshed holding court. You know, it's just one of those things that, Tech has done, and even we'll touch on this whenever we get into the Kansas State game, the weathering of the storm, and I, I can't emphasize that enough. You know, you get down, they start coming back, this over here, over there, and you just you just take it step by step, minute by minute, and you just claw your way back into it to where you have a comfortable lead. And that's what that's the grittiness in this team. They just don't have any quit in them. The last nine games, I believe, is what the current win streak is on. And the the last game they lost was that overtime game against Butler. So it, it's – and even that game was a very winnable game there. But that's going too far back. But I'm just saying that this team in the last ten games has shown toughness, has shown grit. They don't quit. They're going to fight till the end, good, bad, or the other. And it's it's great to see this team where they're at right now with the next few games coming up, all quad quad one kind of games. We're going to find a whole lot about this team. But as it sits right now and what I've seen, the grit, the toughness, it's all there for this team to take the next step in the Big 12. Maybe not the Big 12 championship kind of route, but like you said, you know, the the top the top top half of the the conference. I think what I talked about before the Texas game is what I was most impressed by, which is there's a new, when you switch to Big 12 play, the energy changes overall. And especially going on the road to start it to Austin with everything that rivalry means, every all the history, all the expectation. Um, I was impressed the most of the guys have embraced what this league is about, which is this just, it's just a fight. Um, you have to get, into your head that like no one's going to quit in this league everyone's going to give you their best shot even in games you might blow them out you know you're gonna nobody's going to step down and there is an energy in these big 12 games that feels every night feels like an ncaa tournament game and that's mentally draining and it's hard to always perform under it so i i like that for in both games it felt like more or less for the entire game you embraced that energy of this. This is just a war and played through it, um, especially in Austin, because the, besides the normal energy of it all, just being in the big 12, you know, like I said, the rivalry, the, the history, and this being 
probably the last time ever in the Moody Center. All of that meant something extra, and the team really didn't back down from that challenge. They didn't back down when they came to Big 12 play. Um, when they came to open Big 12 play at home against Oklahoma State, who who did not surrender right out of the gate. You know, I think Oklahoma State is probably the worst team in the conference. I mean, there's kind of a, a bit of a of a, a conversation to be had about that, but I, I think they're the worst team in the conference. But they're not good. They didn't back down from you. And, you know, I'll, I'll admit, I'll be the first one to admit, the home crowd was not good in that game. It was very quiet, very tame by all reports they're just it just isn't it hasn't been good this year at home it takes time to rebuild that energy and passion um after what happened but with all this going on it would have been easy to let that one become a a real contest instead they just they just accepted what was the energy around them and played well and you know when we talk about this Kansas State game, it's a similar story. Kansas State is not playing great basketball, is facing a ton of adversity. And Tech easily, and I, I think, um, again, I mentioned this earlier, but earlier in the year you lose this game, but it's another one where you just, the energy of these games is different. You have to be ready for it. And it's looked so far that they are, and that's what I'd like to see the most. Because your talent is what it is. You know, your rotations are what you are. Tech lacks interior post presence. It's going to be, you know, a high-volume three-point shooting team. They're going to try to get out and run. Like, that's either going to work or it's not. But what defines the margins is how do you handle the, the vibe of these games? How tough are you? And how do you stay together when you're facing adversity in these moments? Um, which you will night in, night out in this conference. So it's been a great opening. And now we get to talk about another win, Kansas State. We're going to break this one down more in detail. And let's start by talking about uh, 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 the, your leading scorers out of this game. So for Tech, on your your leading scorers were uh, I, I actually a very even effort, very balanced, which I want to touch on. It's Washington, Williams, Isaacs, and Toussaint all separated 11 to 12 points, 10 to 12 points. That's four out of your five starters, all double digits, all giving good effort. This was not a good offensive game for Tech. Let's just let's just be clear. It was not a good. They could not throw it into the ocean for stretches of this game, hence the final score being a 60-59 to 59 finisher. But, Joe, it, what, what did it – seeing this kind of balance from your starters where everybody contributed pretty much out of the starting lineup offensively to, in, in a gritty game where the three-point wasn't following. What did you like about that the most? Who really stood out to you of those of those of that group that led the charge? Um, I'm going to start with uh, Darian Williams, um, transfer from Nevada. And he was playing hurt after after the game when McCaslin talked about um, the strength and condition, or not strength and condition, the head athletic trainer, Mike Neal, having worked with him around the clock for the previous two days on a lingering ankle issue or an ankle issue that happened sometime in practice. And for him to come out and kind of have the game that he had made some very, very big rebounds, made some very tough shots, made some very, very clutch free throws. I mean, he was the freshman of the year um, in his conference in Nevada last year. And he he's bringing that to the Big 12, and he's played very well in the Big 12 for the last three games, and we're going to continue to need his kind of effort on a day-in and day-out basis because, you know, there are those games where you go in a dry spell. You can't hit you can't hit anything. You, you couldn't even make a beach ball in a hula hoop. That's how bad it was for a time there. It and it was it was tough to watch, but you know, those things happened in basketball. You you get cold, and how you are able to overcome that 
is, you know, solid defense, not turning the ball over yourself and staying close enough to strike, you know, any tech team in the past that I would have ever seen, maybe, maybe last year's team, right? For example, if Kansas State goes on that big run when it was 20 or 22 in a row at to our zero would have folded and we would have been ran out of that stadium. That obviously didn't happen. We fought back, clawed back, and we ultimately went, won the game there at the very end with some solid defense. But Darian Williams is by far the guy that I go to as far as, you know, overall complete game, playing hurt, making, like I said, making those plays, the rebounds, the free throws, distributing the basketball, not turning the ball over. And it was an overall great game for him. And it was huge for us to come out of this game with a victory. My I, what I like the most watching this one is I, I had a, I had a lot of fun watching Toussaint work, and I, I will continue to have a lot of fun watching Toussaint work because I have all, all year. He he's a, I mean he's just a, a a very ballsy player. He plays very very hard, and he he plays really aggressive. I think he's one of the guys I've enjoyed the most because he does really make an effort to get true lane penetration, which is something this team. We just don't have great interior scoring in this team. So when Toussaint works, it's it's a joy to watch because you have to have somebody who who is willing to try to put himself into the lane. You know, all the guards do a pretty good job of trying to attack, but the, the, the it, it is very apparent these guys prefer to work around the perimeter and find their shots um, around the perimeter. And Toussaint's one of the guys I've noticed the most of being, you know, he's going to lower the shoulder and try to get in. Um, in fact, that final bucket in the end one that gave Tech this win, you know, was another, he just got low in the block and tried to go to work. And that's something he's done a lot of. He's just a tough, heady basketball player. And why that's important more than anything else, because he is a great scorer, is it opens up what your three-point shooters want, which is guys sinking in, um, giving them a little bit more time to get their shots off, getting cleaner looks. Because frankly, they they had a lot of clean looks in this game and just didn't hit them. So it, it but, and, you know, most iterations of the game, if you're forcing the defense to come inside, it's going to go open things up for Popeyes. It's going to open things up for Walton. It's going to open things up for all your shooters, which is what this team is going to live by. I mean, you're not going to win a ton of games when the three ball is not falling. It was very, very heartening to win this one when it wasn't. I was concerned if you didn't make, you know, like 35 to 40% in any game, you were screwed. So to have a game where like you just couldn't shoot for shit and still win was great. But Ordinarily, it's gonna you're gonna need to be able to hit the three ball, and the easiest way to do that is to create good looks. and the And the fastest way to create a good look is to beat the defense on a rotation, force somebody to come over and open up a look in the wing uh, for one of your very talented shooters. So I really like to watch Toussaint's game. Uh, it's an easy answer to give, you know, him being I think arguably the leader of this team at this point. But he's just a lot of fun. I also want to give a shout out to McMillan. He's kind of that six man off the bench right now. He's playing a lot of minutes. He had 32 minutes in this game. Uh, uh, he did not like nobody did. He shot seven three pointers, only made one. I think that's a pretty unusual, you know, uh, uh, 
for any volume shooter to keep throwing it up there. I appreciate the confidence. Not a great offensive game, but he he's a guy that you're counting on to come off the benches. That six man. He's you know he's that Brandon Francis guy. He's that spark. You need that energy, and really he's not going to miss. I think that many threes most games he had a ton of great looks in this game and just couldn't knock him down so you know shout out to him he's going to be very important down the line um because you guys remember like what allowed a lot of tech success in its best moments was brandon francis coming off the off the bench playing a lot of minutes hitting big shots in critical moments and that's somebody i think mcmillan can kind of fit into that role of uh uh, he's like a starter plus i don't even know if it's fair to call him the six man because he's actually playing more minutes than some of your starters at this point so he he's just uh He's a really important cog to this team. We got to give him a shout out here. And I, like I said, I, I don't think he's going to miss six threes out of seven that often. You know, he, and those were, I, I, I don't even think he was forcing looks. He just couldn't knock down open ones. It was just a bad night. You know, basketball is a game of variance. So it just wasn't his night, but you know, he's very important to this team. He's a huge contributor, both offensive and defensively. And he, going forward, and once he starts to find his touch a bit more, hopefully it recovers starting against tomorrow against Houston. Um, he'll continue to be a big part of this. Now, Joe, let's talk defense because this team has not been frankly fantastic at times defensively, but in big 12 play, they've kind of turned it up a notch. Um, you held Texas under 70. Oklahoma state was at 73. Uh, Kansas state held under 60. What, what, what's changed with this team defensively that's allowed them to kind of stiffen up because for a minute there, it looked like we might be in some trouble against some of the bigger interior presences in the big 12, but instead, you know, you've seen this team kind of turn the screws up a bit. Well, the intensity has overall gone up since Big 12 play started. That's 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 clear. Um, and, you know, big, big shout out to the strength and conditioning um, coaches, Coach Drew from, you know, who he followed uh, McCaslin over from North Texas. And he works these guys. And since Big 12 play started, they have turned it up a notch. Also, what I've seen in this has been a lot of just the with the set rotations of being, you know, the starting five, and then you have Chance, Lamar, and Robert Jennings off of the bench. Now you have your your eight that are in rotation and finding the gel and the cohesiveness that as as these guys kind of are figuring out their role and knowing their role, knowing exactly where to be because they're they're doing it on a day-in, day-out basis. I just think that that's just practice and being together. Um, over the time, you know, at the start of the year, they were having some troubles with some rotations as far as, you know, which guy to go with whenever the screens are coming, this, that, and the other. And now that stuff has kind of been cleaned up. And it's just, like I said, just a testament to this staff and them working consistently on, on the defensive side. And it's it's showing on the court. So you have the toughness and you just have you turning it up a notch and then just the amount of time that these top eight guys are playing, they're really starting to show and know their role as far as it goes with this defense. Rotations are clean. There's not a whole lot of clean looks going up, but they do happen occasionally. But that number is definitely down um, in the conference as opposed to the non-conference this year. And we're just not fouling a whole lot as well. And that, you know, is is a testament to great defensive coaching on the days that you're not playing the game. And like I said, this group is really gelling right now. I think the biggest part of it is really besides the fact that I've been very impressed with the toughness of this team. And like you said, the overall intensity is up. 
But I've been, what I think is the biggest key is, you know, when you build these transfer rosters, it can, and Tech has had it happen to them. They just never mash. <clears throat> Guys just don't pan out. The rotations never solidify the whole nine. Um, it is very apparent that this Tech team is meshing now. You know, they, 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 they're playing great together. And the more they play together, the more they seem to understand what they're trying to do as a unit. Um, because especially uh, defensively, you have to be cohesive. And the only real way to earn that is just with time. You know, it, it you can't fake the intensity of game experience. And that as they built up this experience, they've more and more cohesive as a unit. There still are lapses. You know, this isn't, you know, those elite teams led by Mark Adams as the defensive mind during the, you know, the Chris Beard heyday, that, that you're not anywhere near that level of defense but you are playing tough, sound defensive basketball. And frankly, you're better offensively than I think a lot of those Chris Beard teams were by a wide margin. So you don't have to be perfect defensively. You just have to be good, and they are good defensively, which I was worried about. I mean, there were games where it just looked like you couldn't get stops. And I mean, it, Kansas State rattles off this huge run, and I was like, oh, God, here we go again. They're about to blow the doors off this one. And they just tightened back up, got back to what was working. Inform played sound made guards work. Um, you know, their Kansas State has some talent on that and then in their guard group, and you made them work and you took away what they were wanting to do, and they got flustered. And I think they started to press, and you just played good basketball in this game, game defensively, and that allowed you to 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 escape a night where you really really could not uh uh um I mean, I, I, I don't know how many different ways I can say they just couldn't shoot for absolute shit on this night. So to escape that one is a testament, I think, that these guys playing more and more together, figuring out how they're supposed to play defense, knowing who needs to rotate when, you know, how how soon do you need to take that extra step, uh, how getting your closing out, waiting, trusting the guy when you close out that the rotation's sound and you don't have to hesitate for a second. That's all coming together as they played more and more. But we're going to talk about a, the biggest part of, I think, Texas Tech's kind of it's not really a turnaround because it's not like you were losing games you shouldn't, but what has allowed them to spark this run, which is, I believe, most attributed to, besides everything else, the turnover numbers are down. And in fact, in this game, Kansas State had 18 turnovers. Texas Tech only had nine turnovers. And that is the difference in a one-point basketball game. Joe, let's talk turnovers. How are you feeling watching this? those numbers start to drop? Here's that stat that I was telling you about earlier in this in this recording, in the three Big 12 games that Texas Tech has played at Texas against Oklahoma State, against Kansas State, the Red Raiders have 22 turnovers in the three conference games this year. And that's massive. That is massive be to, to far reaches. You know, that's fundamentals. You know, these are what coaches coach. Whenever I was allowed to go to the tech practices earlier in the summer. This is stuff that coach McCaslin preached, not making these passes off of one foot when you're driving to jump, stop and make the solid pass to be aware of your surroundings, to make the good pass and not to turn it over, not to give, not to squander an opportunity to put points on the board and give the other team an easy shot going back the other way off of a bad turnover and or a bad shot. And it's showing here that these are this is what's preached, and I've seen it be preached that way. Fundamentals and being smart with the basketball. I don't know how many times 
last year I saw a guy, you know, drive into the hole, whether it was Harmon or Pop Isaacs driving into the hole and just running and jumping off of one foot and, you know, forcing a pass to a wing sitting out there. It was just, you know, it was very, very bad. And, you know, the fundamentals that Coach McCaslin and company has have preached all summer. And then I'm not saying that they've stopped because it's showing. Um, it's great to see. This is what you want, you know, in these tight ball games, you know, where uh, the game is decided on a single possession. You know, one less turnover is giving them one less opportunity to get that get over the top on you. And it's like I said, I I don't know how long we could keep this up, but as long as we do keep it up, we're going to be in every single basketball game that we play this year in the Big 12. Yeah, you just you have to. I mean, you just have to know where you're going with the ball before you make some of the decisions. And it looked like at times, um, and I mean, last year it was just terrible, right? Like they they absolutely, every single member of the team looked like they had no clue what they were doing with the ball when they were making the decision like to pass or shoot. It just looked like the, the, the wheels were turning and they were getting nowhere. Um, this year, they certainly look a lot more composed and together. And that's something that you have to admire about the just the development of Pop Isaacs in particular and the, how these teams coming together is a lot of it is coming down to just thinking a little bit more. Don't force things that aren't there. Decide what you need to do. Be willing to pass the ball up. Try to move the defense around, et cetera, et cetera, so on, so on. And those fundamentals are all that matters, right? Like basketball is not an easy sport, but how to do the little things right kind of is, you know, like you said, it's, it's, it's about like you're, you're, don't drive straight into the baseline when you know you're going to get trapped without any idea of where the outlet pass is. You can take those baseline drives. You can drive towards the hoop. You can get aggressive, but know where your outlet is. Know who gets open when you beat the first man or you try to take the first man inside. And alternatively, know when not to do it. Know when you should just be passing the ball around the perimeter and trying to move the defense that way. Know when to take a four shot and know when not to. There are going to be times you got to take bad looks. That's basketball. Everybody, you have to take bad looks at times to make it to work. But know when in a possession is that appropriate. When in the flow of the game is that appropriate. And against Kansas State, during the, you know, the, the, the worst moments of this game, the fact that you were able to stay composed and protect the ball and protect your possessions in a game where it was very apparent you're not shooting well every possession is going to matter um and in protecting those extra protect possessions playing smart basketball is great forcing a lot of turnovers is even better though i mean you just really flustered kansas state took the ball away from a lot which gave you a lot of looks at easy buckets um that that's as important as anything else but i I can live with a defense that forces like a reasonable amount of turnovers. This is a great effort. I can live with it if they only force 10 to 15, you know, which I think is a more standard, like, you know, quote unquote, good versus great defensive performance. But you've got to keep your turnovers 10 or less in any game in this conference, when, especially on nights when you're not shooting the ball well, because everybody's too good. If you give up free possessions, they'll get, they'll get you beat. I mean, I think it's TCU, like, leads the nation in fast break points or is near the tops. Like, it, you're going to play that team. Who, their entire identity is almost based around getting out and running. Um, and Tech wants to get out and run, too. So, you know, 
when you're doing that, though, there is a tendency, uh, and this happened a lot last year, you get in the fast break and throw it away. So you've got to know, okay, where do I go with the ball next? What's my next step? I'm going to break down field. Who's coming with me? Do I need to take this guy to the rack? Do I have the step on him, or do I need to pass off to a shooter to the wing? And they just look like they're doing that more and more. And it's a real testament, especially to Pop Isaacs. He had a bad turnover problem last year. It was a big reason why Tech was not very good, was he forced bad shots, turned the ball over. That's to the entire team, for that matter. But Isaacs is the biggest piece. I think the most critical piece back this year. So his development is really something to highlight. Not forcing those looks is just how you get the job done. And knowing what to do next with the ball. Um, you know, this this game had a lot of great moments, but let's talk about what happened during that. That I think it was like a 23-3 to run for Kansas State where they took control of this game and it looked like they are running away. What did you see during that slump, that hurt tech, and what – What's your impression of being able to overcome that bad of a stretch? I think it was like a six-minute stretch to close the half when this happened. So what, what what did you see in this moment of the game, Joe? I saw a team that wasn't de- defeated, you know, knowing that there was a whole second half of basketball to play. You know, obviously, you, you did get some really good looks in that time frame. They just – the ball wasn't going in. And that happens. We know it all happens in basketball. It's basketball. Then you have a guy who is who is a bona fide, you know, sharpshooter in, in Perry for Kansas State. And, you know, he just got hot. You know, we have guys on our team who could get hot. We've seen guys light up from beyond the arc, but between Kerwin, between Pop, between Chance, you know, our guys could get equally as hot. But there just wasn't anything that he was throwing up there that wasn't going in, you know. So it's weathering the storm. I've said it plenty of times. I'm sure some people are probably tired of hearing about it, but this team recognizing that there was a, still a whole second half to play, you can't really shoot any worse than that in the first half, especially for that stretch. And then to come back out after the adjustments that were made in the um, locker room at halftime, then to go out and put it to to work on the hardwood, you know, ultimately propelling you to to the victory there. But I just I think it's just the team that knew that this game wasn't over yet. There was a lot of game left and they could slowly chip away and get the W if they just, you know, corrected some of these small things. Tyler um, Perry ultimately did cool off. I don't believe he scored, but more than five points in the second half, if I'm not mistaken. And that's, like I said, a testament to the coaching staff, the adjustments that were made at halftime. But, you know, it's it's just like I said, it's the culture around this this um, basketball team, the no quit mentality, the hey, we're still in this until that last whistle blows, you know, and we're going to we're going to grind it out. And they they did that. So my big takeaway is that that whole team acknowledged the fact that there was a whole half to play and they went into the locker room, made the necessary adjustments and came back and shot a whole lot better. They out-rebounded Kansas State, I believe, in the second half. Our turnovers were down as well, which, you know, we didn't have a whole lot in that game. Gave us the opportunity to chip away and ultimately win that basketball game. But this team just doesn't have any quit in them. I think halftime adjustments are my biggest takeaway. You know, this is something Tech has lacked for the last year. You know, they, they just didn't ever look like they could make an adjustment if something went wrong. So I'll keep it pretty brief with that. You know, it, I just really want to highlight that 
Grant McCaslin's coming in and just done a fantastic job coaching this team. Really showed his stuff in this game. You know, you had to you besides just adjusting to what's going on, you have to calm your team down in those moments. And that's 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 tough to do. So the fact he was able to get them to re regroup at halftime, re-prepare, and then really they played from that point on really good basketball. Shots don't were really falling, but they played together. They played smart. They harassed Kansas State. So he kept them focused. He kept them motivated and pointed, pointed towards the right objective. And that that is a great testament to uh, what Grant McCaslin's done all year, but in this game in particular, which is that his coaching at half was his best performance of the year. And that's allowed you to start 3-0. That kept the momentum going. That allowed you to not drop this game. And, you know, it sets up a really big date with Houston, which is now what we're transitioning to. Joe. Can I add one last thing to that real quick? Oh, yeah, go ahead. Another thing that I saw, and I wasn't there, but I did see this team, and uh, much kudos out to the crowd because at any other time, if that run happens, you're having at least a quarter of that arena leave. And they stayed there, they stayed loud, and they willed this team along with their own will to be in this game to that victory. So a big shout out to the fans who made it out to the game on Saturday. I'm sure Coach McCaslin and the rest of the program enjoyed that atmosphere because that's the atmosphere that you you really typically want to see um, for our basketball team. And like I said, that just also the the crowd that stayed there with our guys, that was a huge help. Yeah, I think, you know, it takes, I mentioned this, but it takes time to rebuild, you know, your your energy, your enthusiasm to get people to buy back in. But you're seeing them slowly start to do it. And I'm not saying you're going to start selling out every game again, but a, a win against Houston, I think, could really set up the USA to be a an on-fire venue. I think the Raider Riot will have the students rock, and I think the fans will be back. I think that... More than anything else, 33 0 in Big 12 play, the biggest win of that is to get Lubbock to buy back in, which, let's be clear, they did not do when this year started. You know, tech has always followed winners. So you win, they'll come, and now you're winning. And it, it just, it's huge to, to stack success like this because the crowd's back into it. Now, let's switch over to Houston. The Cougars <clears throat> will host the Red Raiders tomorrow night. Uh, and, you know, Houston has had a bit of. A rough arrival to the Big 12. Despite starting undefeated, they looked like a top ten, five program, if not one of the best programs in the nation. You know, all this hype, all this momentum. But conference play has been kind of a, a shell shock for Houston. Now, it has been a tough opening, but Iowa State and TCU after crushing West Virginia. But they dropped both of those games on the road. They found out life on the road in the Big 12 is just awful. But they get to return safely home to take on the Red Raiders. Let's start with your high-level impression of Houston, Joe. You know, this is a a team that, like I just said, you know, came in with a ton of hype into the Big 12. They looked like the AAC team newcomer that was most prepared for this, most ready to get and compete for a title, but two tough losses early on the road. What are your thoughts? Uh, it's a defensively sound team. Uh, probably the best, according to Kim Palm, I believe they're the best defense in the in the nation right now. So, and I think their rating that they have is somewhere north of the 85, 85 mark, if I'm not mistaken. I checked it earlier, but I didn't, I didn't remember that number. But 
as far as defense it goes and you know Kelvin Sampson you know these are the those kinds of teams just they're also hard nosed they're also tough and that and it starts on the defensive side of the ball they just make it a nightmare for you to get anything going on the offensive side of the ball they turn you over they run the court and they have shooters and i'm not sure how hard it is to play at their particular venue because i don't know anything about their place other than it only holds about 7,000 people, but I don't know how big of a home court advantage that's going to be. But this is a very, very tough basketball team that has a very, very solid defense, best in the nation. And they have guys who have been there within Shed and within LJ Cryer, who's played in the Big 12. You have some, some bigs that aren't necessarily bigs that, you know, could spread you out. So we'll have our hands full with them. Just, you know, they're top they're a top 10 team in the nation for a reason. And like I said, they, they, um, their brand is built on defense and they definitely have that. So our offense is going to have to keep those turnovers down in this one. If they want to have a legitimate shot about going in there and upsetting them. Yeah, I, I, I will say being from Houston, I've never been to the Fertitta center, but uh, I do know of it. And they have some of the same problems of U, UH football does that they 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 struggle to be a big draw, but they have now won consistently enough that it's going to be a, a, a sold out crowd. Um, it's going to be loud. It's not going to be like one of the top venues in the Big Twelve by any stretch of the imagination, but it's it's going to be tough on the road. You know, it, it's it's not going to be simple. You know, I think the cheapest tickets right now are like seventy five bucks. So it it's 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 not like the best venues it's not going to replace any of the existing hierarchy of top rated big 12 venues but it's not an easy place to go play just like anywhere on the road is i mean you saw what happened to kansas with ucf um my early impression of houston though is that they are learning i think that the grind of the big 12 schedule is very very real Uh, more than anything else you cannot play you know, you're not going to go play like Tulane and then SMU, who's garbage, and all the oh, just bad team after bad team, and get to rest every single night. You're going to get somebody's best shot every single night. It's going to be a war, and they found that out. Um, I still think this is a team that's in the top four of the conference, but they have not proven that yet on the court. This is just the feel, right? Because their best wins to date is probably A and M, maybe Xavier is number two, uh, but. Their two best teams they played, I think, were Iowa State and TCU, and they dropped both games. So they have not yet proven themselves on the court as being in the top four of this conference, but I think they're still there. Very good defensively. They're not a great offensive basketball team. Uh, I mean, they're just not. That's their style of play. They don't they don't have elite offense, but they are very good defensively. Um, Criers are guys you got to watch. Uh, uh, you know, you've got to watch uh, Sheed, another guy. Those, those, I think those two are their leading scorers. And it's, it's, it's the kind of team that reminds me a lot of, you know, the tech teams from those national title runs. They're, they're hard nosed. They have good guard play. They play smart. Uh, but you can, you can beat them if you can. I guess the best way to put this is if you take their best shot and don't crumble and you force this down to stretch, I don't think they're otherworldly talented just to run you. Like they're not Kansas or Baylor talented. So you can stay in this game, play to your depth, play to your strengths. Just don't let them get too far ahead, and you can take advantage of the situation, get some wins. 
Texans. Um, they're a great basketball team. It's going to be a challenge. We know that going in, that everybody's pretty damn good in the Big 12. Houston's one of the best. Um, but, Joe, let's go keys to the game. What's your key to the game to get past Houston? Um, well, what's the biggest thing Tech has to do to get this one done on the road? For me, it's just keep up the the limit, the turnovers. And to stay out of foul trouble. And then to get fouls on your side and make the free throws. You know, Texas Tech's the number one free throw percentage shooting as a team in the Big 12 currently. And top 10 in the nation, if I'm not mistaken. So getting their guys in foul trouble, making the free throws whenever you're given the opportunity to get those at the charity stripe are going to be massive. Obviously. And then the turnovers. You keep that down sub 15. That's kind of like your the the bridge where you don't want to go oh anything over that and we've been able to stay that way the last three games in the conference you want to stay sub 15 don't let them get out and run and don't give them open shots you know because you know lj crier is one of those guys who could get hot like a perry did with kansas state and he'll just continue to shoot lights out and as we've seen him do with baylor so my big key to the game are going to be limiting your turnovers forcing uh, forcing fouls on their guys and then just completing the work at the charity strike. I think my biggest key to the game is turnovers low. You know, keep your turnovers at a minimum. Um, they're too good defensively. You cannot give up possessions. Don't give them anything cheap. Don't give them the two fast break points. I, I mentioned this. They're not an overwhelmingly awesome offensive basketball team. Make them work for every possession. That all starts with turnovers. Um, it, the second thing is you got to hit your looks. I mean, you, you, you can't really expect to do what you did to Kansas state and win, um, because Houston's too good defensively and just overall, um, they're, they're a program that's done so much winning lately. You know, they've got that winning vibe about them. And if you don't make your shots, you will not be able to, to, I think, tough one out against them. It's going to be a night where you're not going to have a ton of open looks, I'd expect. They're, they're very sound, but you got to hit the ones you've got. You didn't do that against Kansas State. So that's my other biggest key to the game is just find your stroke again. And that, that's saying a lot because basketball is such a game of variance when it comes to shooting. But it, it's critical in this one that when you get good looks, you drain them. And it, it's it's that simple. You know, you talk about the free the freebies at the charity stripe, you got to make those as well. But if you get an open look in the corner, you got to hit it. And I mean, that's all basketball. That sounds. Score more points and you win, you know, but it, it is true in this one. You cannot give up the easy stuff. You cannot give them the easy stuff by turning it over. So those are my keys to the game. I mean, like it, this every night in the Big 12 is a war. There is no secret potion to getting past anybody. Um, they, they have weaknesses you can exploit. I think that they were a bit shell-shocked by both Iowa State and TCU when they're just not like overwhelmingly better than whoever they're playing. And that, that caught them on the road and tough losses. But now they've gotten exposed to Big 12 play. They're going to be ready for what's coming. They're going to expect you to come and ready to play. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're now woken up to how tough this league really is. So you're not going to catch them napping. So just got to make your looks, protect the ball. Um, and, and I think if you do that, you have a good chance to win this one. Every road game in the Big 12 is tough. Your job is to hold serve at home, pick up a few rents on the road. This is not one of the most dangerous venues you're going to come into, but it's not an easy one to come into. So it, it's can for 40 minutes, can you play smart, sound basketball and hope for the best? Because you're good enough to beat Houston if you do those things. Um, if you play in control, protect the ball, make your looks. Now, 
Joe, let's talk about your who's your key player in this one for tag. Who's the guy who has to step up the most to get this one done? I'm going to go a little bit off the radar um, and go back to Kern Walton. He's kind of become, you know, just a guy who hits just a single three pointer in a game and plays takes up about 28 minutes on the on the floor. You know, he does his, he does great passing. He does a lot of. Um, but I think this is where we're going to need a little bit more um, of his shot from beyond the arc. So if he has those open looks, like you said, he has to knock them down. Kerwin Walton needs to have his coming out party to the Big 12, you know, 10 plus points. I think you get Kerwin over 10 plus. Um, you keep those turnovers down. I think Texas Tech goes into Houston and comes back um, home with a victory. Um I think Kerwin needs to have a huge game for us. Maybe not as huge as, you know, the seven for seven beyond the arc kind of huge, which I would gladly take that if it was, if that's what happened, but we do need to have a little bit more of scoring from Kerwin um, this go around. I think mine is going to be McMillan. Um, I mentioned this earlier. He's your five plus Guy, you know, like he he is so important to you because look, your rotation's about eight guys deep. Um that's not great. It's not bad. You got eight guys you can reasonably stay on the court in the Big 12. That that's that's better than some. But McMillan is the biggest piece off that bench, and he is the kind of guy who can really take over a game if he's shooting well, if he's playing well. So that's why I think he's my player to this one. He comes out and plays well. That takes pressure off Toussaint. That takes pressure off Pop and Williams. And it takes pressure off all your starters. And honestly, it does take pressure off Walton, right? Walton's such a volume shooting kind of guy. You know, his confidence has clearly been shaken up recently. Has not shot the ball well at Tech overall. Um, and, and you know, I think part of this, if McMillan can take some of the, the load off, the scoring load off Walton's shoulder a bit, it will help him find his stroke again. It helps everybody when you got a guy come off the bench, play lots of minutes, and score buckets. And it, and I think that's it's such an, a critical role for Tech because, you know, we know what our known commodities are. McMillan, I think, is one of the biggest variance guys we've got. You know, what, how well is he going to play in any given game to fill in these minutes? If he gives you 30 minutes, great basketball, good shooting, good defense. I like Tech's chances to win this one. I like it a lot um, because that means you've got six guys rolling in off the court who are taking it at Houston. Um, if he's not playing as well, I think your bench depth becomes a bit more of a concern. Um, so hopefully he can play at his highest level. I think he's just going to be – he's not going to be your leading scorer by any stretch. I don't think he has to be. But if he can fill that role and and give you the spark off the bench and play solid minutes and spell these guys, then you're in so much a better position than you would be otherwise. I mean, what killed you last year is nobody coming off the bench was really worth a shit. Nobody played well coming off the bench. So you just had no depth. So it is important this year to avoid that. It's also just a long season. You need these guys on the bench to play well so that you can rest your guys for critical minutes towards the end of the year. But that's my player of the game. Now, we're coming to the end of this episode, Joe. I'm going to make you call your shot. Big date with Houston. And for those of you who didn't listen to the intro, we're going to talk about BYU with an expert on BYU later this week. So if you're wondering why we're not doing that now, stay tuned for another episode. But Joe, call your shot here. Does Tech get it done on the road to continue the win streak of the Big 12, or are the highly rated Cougars just a bit too much? As much as it pains me to say, 
I am going to go with the Houston Cougars holding they their first home game in the Big 12. I think they're going to have a an electric crowd there, even though it's not that much. I do expect there to be um, quite a bit of tech faithful out there, but I just think that it's just a little bit. They have a little bit more. Their defense is going to be something that we haven't seen. Now, they're not going to bully us with size. You know, we've seen that with the Villanova game earlier this year. They're not going to bully us with size. I just think that they're going to make make things hard enough on the defensive side, and they're just going to make a couple extra baskets more in this game. Probably, I'm saying, somewhere in the two to five-point um, range that Houston comes out. But Texas Tech has all the opportunities to come out of this guy out of this game with a victory. They just don't get it done, but it just, you know, another building block for Coach McCaslin and this Texas Tech Red Raiders basketball team to build off of and just kind of, a you know, see where we're at amongst the best in the Big 12. And I think we're on that upper half of it. And I think the what we're going to show tomorrow is going to prove that we deserve to be there. So I think Houston comes out and wins this ball game. It's going to be not a, a high scoring game, but I do think that it's going to be somewhere low 70s, mid 60s kind of game there, and the Cougars come out with a win. I, It's tough because my, my, my inclination is to say that going on the road for the first time this year to play a very good basketball team, um, you've only had the one road trip previously to play Texas, who I don't think is in Houston's weight class at all. Um, so this is your first time against the truly elites in the Big 12 on the road. That's a tough bar for a transfer heavy team to overcome. Um, I will say you can get this win done if you play smart basketball, if you play your game and play well. I don't think Houston is Kansas or Baylor, where if they play at their best, you just may not have the talent to run with them. Um, That's not the case here. I think you can beat this team if you play your best game. If you play, you don't even have to play perfect. You just have to play play your style basketball to the best of your abilities and see how the chips fall. You're good enough to beat them. Iowa State and TCU both proved that this this Houston team is vulnerable. Um, but ultimately, I think the biggest factor here is the first road trip. Um, I'd like to believe there will be some Tech fans in the crowd. However, I will say this for all of my Tech Houston alumni who might listen to this. Don't hate me, but the alumni base is weak out here. It just is. And Tech has not traveled great to Houston all the time and with the weather and the time of year it's likely just going to be the local folks trying to do it and i don't imagine there's going to be a ton of them in the crowd Uh, i hope to be wrong it'd be great to take over another stadium but i don't see it coming so it's going to be a tough environment um houston's highly motivated to get back to winning prove they belong in this conference that it wasn't a fluke that they were you know so highly touted um i think they get you here and it's not a bad thing i think if you're competitive in this game you moral victory suck but you take the win because you can't win them all in basketball um but like I said, you're going to be in this one. The opportunities are there. It's just this is a tough challenge. And getting it done, if you were to get this done, it would be a massive win for Grant McCaslin. I mean, a signature win on top of a massive win just for the conference race. Um, so lots to play for. But ultimately, I think Houston's just a little bit better prepared to hold serve at home. All righty, folks, that's going to bring us to the end of our episode. It was a long one, a lot of information in it. Like I said, we will talk about the BYU Cougars with a special guest that will drop sometime Friday or Saturday um, before the game against the BYU. But hopefully we'll also have a, be able to mention in that episode the win over the Houston Cougars. They'll be taking on Tech tomorrow. Um, if you are in town trying to travel, be safe, guys. The roads were awful 
yesterday. I almost had a massive accident on the freeway when I spun out. So be very, very careful. I think it's drier out now. The conditions should be better, but the freeze is going to continue at least until tomorrow. So just be safe, be smart if you're traveling. Um, Enjoy the game and stay on the lookout for more basketball content. We hope to get Kendall back out here. The weather in Iowa has been so bad. It's been tricky to get him on. Um, But hopefully we can get him to talk since he's our basketball guru. Joe, thanks for joining me. As always, guys, like, subscribe, follow, whatever it is on whatever major podcasting platform. And be sure to follow the Fans First Sports Network for a lot of great podcasts, college, pro, uh, uh, you know, European soccer. It doesn't really matter. They've got a podcast for it. Go give any of those a shout, and I'm sure you'll find one you like. Enjoy the rest of your week, guys. Wreck them, and hopefully we'll be talking about a big ranked road win for the second time this year when we reconvene.